What's up, everybody? Paflin here, and thank you for joining me in episode 1047 of Ask Pat. My name is Paflin. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people, too. And uh, today, we have another great Where Are They Now episode. We're bringing back Sam Gavis Hewson from episode 1003, which was published back in, let me check my calendar, February of this year. February, uh, so, you know, 10 months ago, essentially. And uh, I'm happy to bring him back to give us an update on how things have been going. All right. Now, uh, again, like I said, we're talking with Sam, who is back in episode 1003. And uh, Sam's got a great story about how uh, he took a lot of the advice in episode 1003, especially related to online courses and hiring, and he put that into practice. So let's just see where he's at now. Here we go. Sam, welcome back to Ask Pat 2.0. It's been literally a year since you've been on. How, uh, how are you doing? Welcome back. I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. I was looking at it. It was almost exactly a year ago that we recorded this last episode. <laughs> yeah, you were episode uh, 1004, so you were the third coaching call that I that, that we had. And you know, to remind to remind everybody what the title of that episode was, it was "How Can I Grow My Audience When I've Done All I Can." And we knocked out through that episode, which again I recommend everybody listen to a number of things that you were going to do related to your coaching and, and your website and uh, other things. And so just really quick to start off before we dive in, how have things gone over the last year? Yeah, I think this is one of those great examples of where things have changed so much in the last year. Like it's because mm-hmm. I think when, when we talked last, I had been working on my business full time for about six months. Mm-hmm. And so a year is literally two times the amount of time I'd been working full time previous to that. Right. A huge amount has happened. I definitely got a lot of time to experiment with the things that we talked about on the last call, which were doing some guest posting and podcasting and working on growing my audience in particular. And then I've also been focused a ton on like new course development, um, different coaching options, increasing the price. I think I doubled the price of my coaching like right after the last call. Yeah, I think so I remember, like calling you crazy for I was calling you crazy for the price point that you had and then you doubled I it back. That. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, so overall things are good? Yeah, no, things are going great. Tell us what business is like now for you. Yeah, so when we talked last I was just beta testing my first ever course. Um, which ended up going really well. I launched it in January, probably around the time the episode actually came out and did about a thousand dollars in that first launch, which was awesome. It was a $60 course. So it wasn't, you know, that was probably 30 or so sales of the course. Yeah, which is great. And then I've since created another course that is a $300 course instead of a, a $60 course. So that really was instrumental in driving a I did my first ever five-figure launch yeah just uh, about a month ago which was really really exciting and I see so much progress with that and um, I'm testing some new stuff with doing group coaching I've I think my audience or the blog traffic has doubled since the last we talked the email list is about three times the size there have been major improvements to say the least what would you say overall is been the biggest reason why you've been able to continue to grow? It's a really good question. I think that partially setting up things in the beginning so that they could continue to grow. So for example, I had invest, I invested pretty early on in creating an ebook 
that has been my opt-in carrot for basically everything. That's probably 80% of the total opt-ins that I've ever gotten have been from that ebook. And it was a lot of time and it was a lot of energy, Mm -hmm. but having that and really investing in something that, you know, is best in class for my industry has driven a lot of organic like referral traffic and a lot of stuff that I just wouldn't have gotten otherwise. So that, you know, I've been able to focus more on the courses. I've been able to focus more on the coaching and honestly, like building traffic has been something that I've been thinking about. And it's something that I'm kind of coming back to now and really thinking about what that next stage is going to be. But it's not something that I was having to spend a huge amount of time on because I did do all that work up front. I'm reading some of the transcript from our last conversation. And there's a part here where it says like, yeah, I'd love to be selling 20 courses a month. And so hearing that, how do you think you've done related to what you had wished? So I remember I just listened back to it earlier today uh, so that I could refresh my memory as well. And I believe I said my goal was 20,000 monthly uh, visitors and 20 sales a month. And so I'm a, I'm at about half that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I double I did double my traffic from about 5,000 to about 10,000 a month. Um, and the sales have stayed roughly in line with where that is. And I think honestly, that was one of those things where as I started working on, you know, that and also seeing what other projects I could work on, I realized that, you know, a better place for me to be focusing my effort was on creating a couple additional products since that one product was such a niche thing. Mm -hmm. And so I sort of realized that, well, one from doing this course, that there were a lot of prerequisites for that course that people didn't have. And so the second course that I created really addressed a lot of those prerequisites. Oh, interesting. It's, it's, it wasn't like a step two course. It was like a step zero course. Yeah, it was, it's been interesting because I'm, you know, I, I've been creating courses on very specific topics within my very specific niche. Mm-hmm. So it's been an it's been an interesting experience trying to like decide what to create too, because there's you know I spent about three months, um, probably the spring of this year, working on a course idea that was something that everyone was asking me for, and I really really wanted to make it work because I know if I had a good course on this, people would buy it and they'd pay a lot of money for it. But after basically spinning my wheels for three months, I realized this was just not something that I was equipped right now to do in the way that I really wanted it to do, wanted to do it. And so it's been an interesting experience just like trying to figure out what are the right things to create and where to focus my energy because I get so many people asking me for so many different things. Yeah, how, how are you able to manage all that? And by the way, where, where are you communicating with your audience to learn all this? So this is all through my email list. Um, I think that I, I actually, my original autoresponder that I created, I used your uh, ebook on, uh, was it email list smart way? Is that right? Uh, email the smart way.com. Yeah. Oh, smart way. Yeah. So I use that. I use some of the um, sort of templates that you had in there for structuring that autoresponder. And the very first email that I have asks people for, you know, what are you struggling with? Mm-hmm. And that's been a huge driver of, that was why I decided to create that first course. Like it was so many people asked me for dynamic programming, which is what the course is on, that I was, that I realized I one had to create the ebook that I created, the very first product I ever created, which was uh, 
on dynamic programming. And then I decided I would also create a course that would go deeper on that. So it's really been a lot of communication with my, um, with my email list, doing surveys, asking them what I, what I've, the approach that I've sort of taken is I'll see people asking a lot about something and then I'll try and I'll send out a survey and try and dig deeper on that specific thing. So the thing that they were asking about that didn't really go anywhere was system design, which is sort of more high level design thinking. And it's just not something that I'm particularly skilled at and is not something that there's a lot of information about out there. So I was struggling to come up with a good, really to be able to teach it in the way that I would want to teach it. Um, and then the course that I actually ended up going with is one on recursion, which is another topic that's, it's related to the dynamic programming stuff. And I've also been, I taught the, I taught the beta as a live course. Mm -hmm. So I did it as a series of like live webinars, which was a really good learning experience as well, because I was able to get so much feedback from that in a way that I just wasn't able to with my other course that I pre-recorded. That's great. I mean, first of all, you're doing all the right things. Congrats, by the way, especially on the new course. And I'm imagining, correct me if I'm wrong, there's a number of new courses that are probably in your head or in, like coming up in the pipeline, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> That's exciting. And I, and I also uh, am very thankful that you kind of, even though you had gotten a lot of requests for something that you could probably make a lot of money on if you were to sell it, just the fact that you know that in your heart and in your head that like this wasn't the right time or that you couldn't best deliver value to them. I mean, you're doing this for all the right reasons and you're making all the right decisions because you're basing it off of what can I do to help my audience the most. And that's where your autoresponder comes in. That's where this decision to put hold the, the systems course for this other one. And the fact that you're launching live is great. Can you walk us through uh, what um, the sales process was like for that course, despite it being a beta course that wasn't even available yet? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the to go out back even a step further from that, sure. I sent out the survey and then the next thing that I did was research calls. So I, I've been working with a coach this year, which has been incredibly helpful. And the thing that he suggested was just batch them all. So I scheduled as many calls with as many survey respondents as I possibly could How many in one do? week. I think I ended up doing about 10 calls okay. or maybe 12. So a lot of calls and got really deep into the topic and tried to figure out, you know, like what are the things that people really want in this course? And then I put together basically what was a week long launch essentially. So it was just a series of emails. Um, I had an application rather than just letting people buy it because I wanted to sort of get people a little bit more invested in the idea of participating in the course. So there was an application and then I selected some of the sort of the most promising looking applicants. Um, ended up selecting, I think, 60 applicants out of about 200, um, and 50% of them ended up actually signing up. I ended up paying $200 for the course. That's awesome. Um, so, which I think proves something about how if you get people to like invest early on, mm -hmm. then it's easier to get them to spend money later. <laughs> Not exactly sure. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, I mean, they, they've said yes a bunch of times before the, the big yes, which is like, here's my money. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which, which is really smart. Okay, so you sign up new students, and how do you communicate with them as you are building the course with them? Yeah, so I basically, the they signed up about two weeks before the first week of the course. Okay. Um, so I gave myself a little bit of a buffer. to. I, I had already outlined everything, but to 
really start creating slides and preparing the presentations and stuff. And I created a Slack community so that we would all be able to interact with each other. Awesome. Awesome. So we did, we did live Zoom calls, um, which was really nice. I love using Zoom just because it's so easy to record everything. Mm -hmm. um, and people were able to ask questions live on the calls. They, I gave them homework assignments. I actually graded their homework assignments for the beta so that I could see that they were actually like making progress, which was really, really helpful. Um, and then I basically built the thing as I went. So I collected feedback as I went. I actually, someone suggested, I collected feedback on every single lecture mm -hmm. or every, I didn't really call them lectures because that sounds boring, but right. every class. Um, and so at the end I was like, okay, we're going to do Q and A in a minute. But first, before we do the Q and A, here's a link to the survey. Just go take three minutes, fill it out. Let me know what you liked, what you didn't like about this particular class. Oh, wow. You gave people time yep. on the live call to do that. Yep. Which was huge. I like that. What it percentage got, of people did it? At least 50% of the people on each call, which was, you know, I ended up, obviously there was a drop off in attendance and stuff over the duration of the course, which was what I expected. And mm -hmm. it was also reported so they could go back to it later. But even the last class I probably had out of the 30 students, at least 10 people attended live. And I got at least five or six responses to the survey just on that one class wow. so when taken in aggregate it's a lot of feedback and then i did calls with i think six or seven of the students after the course i was able to you know ask them what they liked what they didn't like basically just get testimonials and so when i relaunched and did that five-figure launch it was really easy because i had all of that data already outside of the content that you were teaching because you were saying some big words earlier that I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> outside of that, but in terms of like the course itself and how it's structured or, or how you delivered, whatever, what was the most helpful piece of feedback that you got in those surveys or conversations for, uh, for your course? The biggest thing for me, and this may or may not be relevant, it'll be relevant to some people, depends on what you're teaching, mm -hmm. um, was that I was trying to that I needed to simplify things more. And this is particular was particularly relevant in this case because I'm talking about very technical stuff. And so for example, I'll put code on the screen. So like on the slides mm -hmm. and it can be very difficult for people to actually parse through and understand like what is going on here okay. when they see that on the slide. So I think for a lot of people that was kind of overwhelming. And so what I've been I'm actually just wrapping up the, I, I'm teaching it live a second time and I'm just wrapping that up now. Oh, um, and so for this time around, I've been really focusing on how can I either limit the amount of stuff on a slide? Cause obviously that's one way to do it. But the, what I've been really focusing on more is cause I, I want people to see the whole context, but very clearly like highlighting on the slide, this is what I want you to focus on. So like graying out everything else or just like, visually cueing them into here's what I'm talking about. And then I can describe it in a much more sequential way rather than them having to sort of look at everything at once and be kind of overwhelmed by everything. Right. I mean, how amazing for you to get that feedback right away so that you know how to adjust and adapt versus what many people do is they create the course in the way they think it should be created and then sell it. And I would imagine that if you were to do that, having things so complicated and 
all the coding and stuff, it would just either overwhelm people or they'd ask for refunds. And it's so cool that they kind of are able to help influence the creation because they're also benefiting from that. They know the next lesson is going to be adjusted because of that. So you, you did it a first time. And um, so you didn't take any of those recordings and turn it into kind of just an evergreen course. You decided to launch again. And was this so that you could nail down the, the content perfectly that time? Yep. Yeah, so I'm nailing it down this time. And then my plan from here is I, I think I'm actually going to record everything in smaller chunks. Or either I'm going to take the existing recording and break it up into chunks or I'm going to re-record it in smaller chunks. But it's really just a matter of I want to refine the content as much as possible before I commit it to uh, like an evergreen course. Okay. And part of the reason, part of the reasoning behind that is basically what you were saying is, you know, I feel like even for my last course, I, I'm just not happy with a lot of things about it. Um, and I really want to go back and re-record it. And I feel like it's a really hard thing for me to justify doing because people are still buying it and people still get value out of it. But I know in my heart of hearts that it could be a lot more valuable and I don't want to have that same thing happen with this course. So I really want it to be, obviously there's still going to be things I'll want to change and there will still be improvements that could be made, but I feel like I'm a lot closer to what that final, to what I want that final product to be than I am with the other course. When you create the final product, would it be a reshoot of everything or would it be um, recordings from the second go around? I'm not sure. I'm thinking a reshoot. Um, I'm pretty good at doing all these things in like one take. So I don't think that a reshoot would take a huge amount of time, but I, I'm honestly not sure. It could be done either way. I think that if you have the time and you're able to do it, then the third time around is going to be, you know, third time's a charm. It's going to be even better than your second, which is better than your first. But several people, after going a second time around, they'll take those recordings. And as long as there's no sort of interaction in the middle of those videos, then they still would be worthwhile to put into a course because they give all the information and um, nobody would know that they were done live because it's the information. So either way, either way would be fine. Um, going to your website a little bit, you've doubled your traffic over the past year. I'm curious to know uh, what, what has helped you do that? You know, I think that there, there are a couple factors there. One is definitely just organic traffic and getting more, you know, getting, getting myself out there more. That's actually something that I'm going to be trying to focus on a lot more in the coming couple months. I just uh, joined Brian Dean's SEO that works course, nice. um, which I'm really excited oh, about. Awesome. Because, yeah, no, he has such good content and I'm really, I just started going through the course. So I'm super excited about that. Um, and I think there's so much opportunity there because there's a lot of, traffic to these fairly general terms that are very closely related to what I'm teaching that have very low competition. Um, you know, there's not generally speaking, the marketing in my industry is not great because people I think tend to be resistant to marketing. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there's a lot of opportunity there. Um, and then the other thing that's been really helpful for me actually is YouTube. So I have a YouTube channel. I have probably, 13 or 14,000 subscribers now. Um, and I don't get a huge amount of traffic from that, but the traffic that I do get is really targeted. So I, you know, I mentioned my ebook and all of the videos 
And then when I look at the traffic, I'm getting like a 20% conversion rate on that traffic. So even though it's a small percentage of the total traffic, it converts really, really well. What's the um, channel uh, name? Uh, it's called Byte by Byte. B-Y-T-E space by space B-Y-T. The site is B-Y-T-E dash by dash B-Y-T-E, but the YouTube channel doesn't have dashes in it. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you are over 14,000 subscribers, over half a million video views, which is awesome. And it looks like you're steadily growing between 20 and 30 subscribers a day, uh, which is great. I'm looking at a website called Social Blade. I was going to say, you know more about my channel than I do now. <laughs> no, there's, 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 I'm sparsing all this data through uh, a website called Social Blade, which is great. And just check so, that one out. yeah, it's great. It'll give you traject, like uh, future projection growth, um, some more statistics, and it'll tell you. So it's going to, it's, it's telling me, for example, you're going to hit uh, 20,000 subscribers probably in April of next year. Um, Sweet. And you'll pass over a million views in probably June. Which is, which is cool. So yeah, that, that, that's a great channel. I've been doing a lot of YouTube uh, as well. And just, yeah, I've been enjoying your videos. <laughs> thanks. Uh, and if anybody uh, was wondering what that name was we mentioned earlier, that was Brian Dean from backlinko.com. Uh, definitely one of the top SEO guys. Um, and he has a large focus on YouTube SEO as well. I don't know if you, you knew that, but he has some courses on YouTube yeah, SEO specifically, which I've taken. Yeah, he's a great record. YouTube channel as well. So any, any um, you know, in the, in the last few minutes here, uh, any big questions or, or concerns moving forward that I can maybe help you through? Or are you just chugging along? It sounds like you have a good plan. Yeah, I mean, mostly just chugging along. I'm, you know, really going to be trying to drive hard on the SEO stuff. And then I'm also the thing that I've been looking at doing a lot more of is outreach to other people in my industry and trying to develop relationships there because that's just not something I've done. And I know that's, you know, having those relationships, even if nothing tangible comes of it, it would still be valuable. And in an ideal world, I think there's a lot of mutual benefit that we could offer to each other. So for example, I'm going to be reaching out to a lot of, um, you know, tech recruiters who mm -hmm. are and tech recruiting firms to see, you know, it's in their best interest for their clients to do as well as they can in their interviews, because, if their clients do better in the interviews, they get a better salary and the recruiters get paid a percentage of that yeah. salary. So I'm hoping that we can come up with something with some recruiting firms that will, where they can refer traffic to us to help their clients out. And then, you know, potentially doing some sort of affiliate deal with the courses that we have. And, you know, those are sort of the big two main things that I'm going to be pushing on. But, um, I like that idea. I mean, you have, built an amazing asset uh you have a youtube channel with nearly fifteen thousand subscribers i mean people will do a double take when they see that and and they'll want to work with somebody who has that kind of influence so um i think i like that plan and just keep going with the courses man i'm so proud of you and really excited to see where you end up in next year and uh, we'll have to connect with you again to see kind of how this continues to uh, to grow and hopefully exponentially yeah i would love to do it Thanks, Sam. I appreciate you. And where, one more time, can people go to find out more uh, about what you're doing? Yeah, you can check out my site is bitebybyte.com, B-Y-T-E-by-B-Y-B-Y-T-E.com. Uh, or if you want to type in dynamic programming book, that might be easier because <laughs> um, that'll take you to my ebook. Cool, man. Thanks, Sam. Appreciate you. Thanks for coming back on. Awesome. Thanks, Pat. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode and the catch-up with Sam 
Sam, I know you listened to the episodes. Uh, I just want to congratulate you for taking action, especially within a year. Like, a lot can happen in a year. And, of course, this year uh, is almost over. So 2019 is just around the corner. And for those of you who want to get coached just like Sam did and potentially come back again a second time to see how you've you've been doing, all you have to do is go to askpat.com, scroll down that page, and you'll be able to see an application button. Fill out that application. I cannot possibly select everybody, but I will not select you if you don't try. So uh, I will let you know later on at a later date if uh, we select you. And then if we do, we'll coordinate, and I will coach you through the process of whatever it is you need help with. And so uh, include as much information as you can in that application so that I can have a better understanding of where you're at and also what I can do to help and serve you and uh, and everybody else who listens. And speaking of that, I just want to thank you all, everybody who this year has listened to Ask Pat, even if this is your first episode, if this is your first one, I'd recommend going back to 1003 to listen to the first one Sam was on. It's just amazing to see the kind of progress a person can make once they get just even a little bit of advice. And hopefully something in any of the episodes this year have given has given you any sort of direction. And, and if so, I hope to um, hear about it uh, one day. Hey, thank you all so much. I appreciate you. And I look forward to serving you in the next and last episode, 2018. Talk to you soon. Bye. Hey there. Thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now, you might have noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show. For now, at least. And this way, we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.